Hello, my name is Chris and this is Culturized, defining pop culture piece by piece. So what does a Star Trek opera sound like? Before we can find the answer, we have to back up a little bit. Now, I have a question. Have you ever wondered what Klingons are? Now, I know what you're thinking, Chris. Come on, Klingons, not kicking off the show with a particularly exciting topic, but the world of Klingon goes a lot deeper than you probably think. Starting from the beginning, Klingons are a fictional race of aliens created for Star Trek, the original series, which by the way, uh, special effects rival that of Avengers Infinity War. The first time a Klingon ever appeared on screen was in Season 1, Episode 26, Errand of Mercy, which originally aired on March 23rd, 1967. The Klingon race has played a role in nearly every Star Trek movie and TV series since their creation in the 60s and are an iconic piece of the Star Trek universe. They are a brutal and ruthless totalitarian people. Their entire society is based on war and violence, so that will give you a little bit of a clue. The earliest versions of the Klingon people reflected cultural aspects of both the Nazi party and the Soviet Union, but the Klingons were later instilled with a strong sense of honor and code, a lot like Mongolian or Japanese cultures, all of which is still held today. In fact, the latest Star Trek series focused around the USS Discovery uses this honor as a major plot point in many of the Klingon characters. So what do they look like? Well, think the body of a 40-year-old dad, the facial hair of Mr. Miyagi, the forehead of a baby triceratops, and the luscious, luscious locks of our dear old Severus Snape, all put into one heck of a sexy package. Okay, to put it realistically, Klingons looked a lot like humans in their first appearance. Dark skin, black hair, and long, wispy mustaches and eyebrows. But this was due more to a lack of sustainable budget for the original series than creative inspiration. Their look dramatically changed in 1979 for Star Trek The Motion Picture to what many of us know today, keeping the signature facial hair, but adding a large, ridged forehead and horrendous hairline even Frasier could be proud of. That look has seen further changes with the Klingons in the currently running show Star Trek Discovery having no hair on their heads and a much more alien, almost orcish looking face, definition of orcish being resembling or characteristic of an orc. So where do they come from? The Klingon homeworld was originally called Klinsach, or at least that's uh, how I think it's pronounced. It's spelled K-L-I-N-Z-H-A-I, -I, so I, who could ever really know? But in Star Trek The Next Generation, the planet is not referred to as Klinsach, but simply as Kling. K-L-I-N-G. This was again changed in the 1991 film Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, to Kronos. Nice and easy, spelled K-R-O-N-O-S in English, transliterated into Klingon, spelled capital Q-O apostrophe N-O capital S. Side note, I didn't know what transliterated meant when researching, so the definition reads, to write or print a letter or word using the closest corresponding letters of a different alphabet or language. There you go. Since then, Kronos has been the canon name of the Klingon's homeworld described by StarTrek.com as a green planet with one large landmass and a vast ocean. 
truly thrilling stuff here. The Klingon Empire is usually shown in direct opposition to Starfleet, however, perhaps the most famous Klingon of all time was actually a member of Starfleet. Worf, played by actor Michael Dorn and introduced in episode 1 of Star Trek The Next Generation, was a relief flight control and tactical officer with the rank of Lieutenant Junior Grade, later to be made acting chief of security on board the USS Enterprise D. Worf made appearances in six different TV series and movies, and has appeared in more Star Trek franchise episodes than any other character. Worf was born on Kronos, moving to the Kittimir planet with his family five years later, but after a Romulan surprise attack killed both of his parents, a Starfleet ship answering the distress call found Worf the sole survivor of the attack. The human Starfleet chief petty officer Sergei Rosenko of the USS Intrepid took Worf in and raised him as his own. Worf later entered the Starfleet Academy, becoming the first ever Klingon officer in the fleet. Now, one of the most defining pieces of the Klingon culture is their harsh and guttural language. This language, first heard in Star Trek The Motion Picture, was initially created by James Doohan, the actor who played Scotty in the film. Mark Okrand, an American linguist, later developed the crude words and phrases, expanding them into an entire language now consisting of over 3,000 words. Fans of the series latched onto this language, and Klingon has become an international cult phenomenon. Okrand published the Klingon Dictionary in 1985, which has since then sold over 300,000 copies. 300. Thousand, ironically translated into five different languages. Hobbyists and enthusiasts everywhere have studied the language and six works of literature have been translated into Klingon, including Hamlet, The Art of War, and even Much Ado About Nothing. Lovers of the language have even created their own works. The first play written in Klingon, A Klingon Christmas Carol, was written in 2007. Since then, more learning courses have been developed, including a Klingon beta course featured on Duolingo, released last year. Now, these original works have continued to expand, and perhaps the most striking examples of the language are, you guessed it, the operas that have been written entirely in Klingon. Now, let me give you a small taste of the magic that is Klingon opera. Wow, wow, it, it's haunting, but just, just in the best way possible. This opera, called Uk, was composed by Yves Van Breen with lyrics by Kies Legatelin, so, so sorry for the pronunciation, along with Mark Okrand. It premiered in the Netherlands on September 10th, 2010, with an initial four-show run. So, there you go. That is what a Star Trek opera is like. Only possible through the creation of the Klingons and the dedication of the fans. Well, that is all I have. That is the world of Klingons. I hope that you learned a little bit. Maybe it was too much information. Maybe it wasn't enough. All I know for sure is that I've never felt more like a nerd. And I hope the feeling's mutual. I am your host, Chris Schwar. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. You can find us at any of your podcasting destinations. Rate, review, follow along on Instagram at Culturized Podcast, and send in your most confusing pop culture question to answer on future episodes. I'll see you next time. Until then, remember, if you ever see a Klingon walking down the street, be sure to say Nuchnech as hello and as goodbye. We'll see you next time here on Culturized. Thank you.